Hi, it's Kylie Davis from the PropTech Podcast here with a bonus PropTech panel episode courtesy of the PropTech Association of Australia and Stone and Chalk. This panel is Women in PropTech Global Insights, the Australia edition, highlighting three female-led PropTechs. Our guests are Rachel Kidwell from TC Pinpoint, Cindy Chen from Equiprise and Fiona Church from Trendspec. And your host is Jennifer Harrison, Vice President of PropTech Association Australia. Enjoy. Well, great. Um, I'll kick it off now. Um, Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good evening. I know it is uh, very early for some of you. So thank you so much for taking uh, the time to join our fourth PropTech Insight Series event of the year, uh, which is also our International Women's Day event for the year. So great timing on that. So happy to see you all could join. Uh, My name is Akanksha Sharma. I am part of the advisory committee here at Women in PropTech. Before uh, we dive in, I do want to mention for everyone's awareness that this Zoom session is being recorded for later viewing, and it will be uploaded to YouTube and our Women in PropTech website in a few days. So a little about Women in PropTech, since I know uh, that for some of you, this might be the first Women in PropTech event you're attending. Um, This organization was established uh, in 2018 by Nikki Greenberg. Uh, who's also on the call today. Um, And the goal of Women in PropTech is essentially to provide a common platform for professionals interested in innovation or interested in just keeping aligned with various market changes that um, have the potential to impact the future of the real estate industry. And of course, our goal is to promote thought leadership, uh, tackle diversity issues, and in general, just connect the professionals uh, in property communities globally. So today's event, uh, we're hosting in partnership with PropTech Association Australia. Our agenda is packed. We have three great speakers today. And I'd like to really thank uh, Jennifer Harrison and Kylie Davis for curating this event and lining up our speakers today. Jennifer is also our moderator today, and she's the vice president of the PropTech Association Australia and a partner at Reputation Edge, which is essentially a creative engagement, communications, and PR agency based in Sydney. Um, I personally think we could not have had a better moderator today, especially because um, after you know 20 plus years working for global banks, um, Jennifer is now an advocate for innovation and in, uh, financial services and real estate. She helps uh, various uh, startups to scale and you know, helps various stakeholders in the industry to creatively transform their real estate portfolio through PropTech application. So Jennifer, thank you so much for all your efforts and partnership. Um, I will soon hand it over to you, but before I do that, I do wanna mention for our audience um, that if throughout the discussion you have any questions, please feel free to type them in the chat window of Zoom and we will address them towards the end. So with that, Jennifer, over to you. Thank you so much, Akanksha. Well, good morning from Sydney, Australia. I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I am currently sitting, which is the Walla Medical people of the Eora Nation. And I would like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We're really thrilled, Akanksha, thank you so much for those words. We feel exactly the same. We were so thrilled when you invited us to be your event partner this month. 
Um, in Australia, we love property. We're a very large island continent. We have about 26 million people and we live in about 11 million dwellings. That's houses and what we call units, which in America you would call an apartment. About two thirds of us own or are at least on the way on a journey towards owning with the help of a mortgage. About a third of us rent, although some estimates are that it's probably more like 36 or 37% of the population that rent. That number is very definitely creeping up because we have an affordability issue in our major cities. Sydney and Melbourne are two of the most expensive cities in the world. They're both in the top 10. Nationally, in Australia, the median house price is 800,000 Australian dollars, which is about $600,000 US. Although in Sydney, our largest and most expensive city, the median house price in Sydney is 1.2 million Australian dollars, which is around 900,000 Australian dollars. You'll find in Sydney and Melbourne and the other major markets, properties still at auction. Uh, there isn't a private treaty negotiation. There's a bidding war at auction. We have a very scarce supply, very tight supply market, obviously in common with the rest of the world. We have low interest rates and our property prices look like they might be starting to boom again. Um, it's not good news for millennials and Gen Z who possibly will be priced out of the market, possibly forever. There was some recent research that said that it would take you the average young couple, 11 years just to save their deposit. Well, we call it the deposit in America. I think you call it the down payment. 11 years just to save the deposit to buy that home. So a lot of people are expecting to get help from their parents or possibly actually only own a home when they eventually inherit from their parents. So we do have a number of prop techs that are looking at innovative ways for people to get into the market one of the things I love about PropTech also is that it contributes towards sustainability. In Australia this week, we've just had a one in 50 year weather event. We've just had a year's worth of rain in one week. Uh, this time a year ago, we were only just starting to breathe clean air again after a one in a hundred year event when we had catastrophic bushfires. And we weren't just on fire for a few days or a few weeks. Our country was actually on fire for months. So one of the things I personally love about PropTech is not just that it takes out cost, it's not just that it contributes to um, greater efficiency and productivity, but that it helps resilience, it helps sustainability, it helps us tackle some of the big challenges in the world like inclusion. And I also love Australia, um, the Australian PropTech Association's commitment to diversity and inclusion. So as I said, we were absolutely thrilled to join you for this event because it gives us the opportunity to showcase three of our fantastic female founders in the PropTech space. So I'd love to introduce them to you quickly now before we have more of an in-depth conversation. First of all, we have Rachel Kidwell, who is the founder of CC Pinpoint. How are you, Rachel? Are you well? I'm really well, thanks, Jennifer. Wonderful. Uh, the second guest today is Cindy Chen, who is the founder of Equiprise. Hi, Cindy. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Jennifer. Thanks for joining us, Cindy. And our third guest is Fiona Church, who is the co-founder of Trendspec. Good day, Fiona. Hi, Jennifer. Really great to be talking to you. 
Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, Rachel, can we come and have a learn a bit more, please, about TC Pinpoint and you? Could you tell us, please, in a nutshell, what is TC Pinpoint? Give us the elevator pitch. Okay, so the TC in TC Pinpoint stands for Tenancy Coordination. So what we do is enable um, process management and collaboration for landlords of retail properties. So we bring teams together to um, optimise, digitise, automate and scale the process of getting a store open and ready for trade. Wonderful. So can you tell us a little bit more about what problems would people be experiencing when they're trying to get a store open and ready for trade? How do you address those problems? And in particular, how do you use technology in that? Um, yes, TC Pinpoint was founded off the back of my lived experience. So I was a tenancy coordinator for 14 years and we're effectively solving the problem that I experienced, and that is a lack of transparency. There's never one version of the truth when it comes to retail tenancy delivery. Um, everybody would come to the table at weekly or monthly meetings with their own version of a spreadsheet, um, and no one would have one version of the truth. So um, when I was running my own consulting firm, um, initially the idea was how do I scale my own business by enabling a consistent, transparent process um, if I was going to you know, expand that um, business nationally. And then I flipped that thinking and thought, well, it's much more scalable if we build the technology and provide it to landlords to then roll out across their own teams um, to help manage that process of enabling that one version of the truth. Lovely. Thank you. So is there any um, kind of like ideal landlord or ideal retail tenant that you can mm. help or could you give us a little bit, maybe some examples of who you've worked with? Mm, sure. Uh, ideally, you know, it's landlords that have 10 plus retail shopping centres um, that have either a level of lease expiries coming up. So there's that transfer of information stores coming in or out um, clearly with what has been you know 2020 there's a lot of turnover currently happening in some of the larger centers coming up um, or they might be going through a development where they're all aiming to get a number of stores open on one particular day so we work with customers like fort street capital who are based out of sydney they have 13 retail assets up and down the east coast um, we are currently implementing with one of Australia's largest retail landlords, which is really exciting for us, and we'll be releasing that news soon. Um, and we've also worked with Adelaide Airport. So the aviation industry um, is tough as a time they're going through at the moment. Um, they're effectively a retail environment. So we worked with the Adelaide Airport here on their stage one um, terminal expansion project, which we opened just over a year ago. Um, and they're continuing to use the technology as they move into more um, development over the next 12 to 24 months. What's the most um, common praise and positive feedback that you get from your partners? Oh, it's so wide and varied. Um, 
transparency and a level of understanding what other team members are actually doing. So previous to TC Pinpoint, everybody from a structural engineer to a lease administrator to a retail design manager would all sort of sit in their siloed level of tasks and what they need to do. What TC Pinpoint does is allow an empathetic environment so that one stakeholder knows the task that they do and how it affects everybody else within that chain of events. Um, and that element of empathy, I think, is so important to the successful completion of projects because if we can put ourselves in the shoes of other people, our team members, it helps all of us to ultimately reach that one goal of getting that store open for trade. Absolutely. And do you tend to get any objections from people who are very happy with the way they do things currently? Um, and uh, how do you handle those objections? How do you work um, in your marketing strategy? Yeah, of course. Look, we're changing the way that people effectively work in their everyday. We're moving people out of Excel spreadsheets, email, some kind of document management system and combining that all on one cloud-based platform. So there's always going to be that element of pushback and change management is a really big piece and how we ensure that the people that we work with um, have that ideal um, understanding of the why. Why are we doing this? Why are we rolling out this new digital technology? Um, and when they understand the why and they can come along for that change management process ride, um, we definitely find that there's more buy-in. Um, and look, there's certainly earlier adopters um, that um, take on the technology early and then there's also going to be the laggards. Um, but as an industry leader in what we're trying to do and reform in the retail tenancy delivery industry, we have to remember that, um, you know, Henry Ford famously said if he asked um, his customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses, right? So we've got to try and find that balance between um, what we believe the industry needs and be the thought leader in that capacity um, and marry that out with, you know, that iterative feedback that we're getting from our customers as we continue to build. Yes, absolutely. I think um, all of us who work in innovation understand that it's actually very hard for people to imagine something that actually doesn't yet exist. It's actually very hard for them, um, particularly if they work in industries that are focused on, uh, you know, kind of more of a checklist or a compliance uh, risk-based approach to doing business. Um Thanks so much, Rachel. Just maybe before um, we move on to Cindy, would be, is there something amazing that you're hoping to achieve with the rest of this year? Is there a product enhancement? Are you maybe going to open up a new channel? Yeah, there's, a couple, there's, well, there's always things in the pipeline, Jennifer, you know that. We're always thinking about something else. Um, our main goal for this year from a product perspective um, is to really start to utilise the data that we've been capturing and formulate that into some really interesting and dynamic data so that we can inform, enable our customers to make better business decisions moving forward. Um, and we're also looking to open our um, opportunity to work for, with different 
verticals. So whilst we've been focusing on the retail vertical, we'd like to open that up um, into some government agencies here in South Australia in the first instance um, and also start to looking at different sectors like perhaps education um, and the commercial office sector. And do you see a global application for your technology? Is this a global problem that you are helping to solve for? Yeah, absolutely. Over the last two years, um, I've done my own sort of market research trips back in the good old days when we could jump on a plane. Uh, I've done some trips over to the US, um, into India and to Singapore, um, just to start doing that you know, initial market research of what's happening on the ground. Um, and every conversation I've had, it all is the same reason. It meets the same reasons of, of why I founded the company in the first instance to solve my own problem because the problem is being experienced in other countries. Wonderful. Well, in, in my experience, uh, um, there are some people who are, are now doing very, very well from having first solved their own problem and then figuring out how to commercialise that and build it into an amazing business. Thanks so much for sharing that, Rachel. I might now come over and have a chat with Cindy. Cindy Chen is the founder of Equifize. Cindy, hello. Can you tell us, please, in a nutshell, what is Equiprise? Give us your elevator pitch. Um, yeah, sure. So for Equiprise, um, we really provide end-to-end um, -end IoT solutions for um, uh, customers who owns or who uses heavy machinery on their construction site. So we can help them to improve operational safety, um, increase their productivity and efficiency, and ultimately to help them reduce uh, project costs uh, during the build process. Wonderful. Um, one of the things I do love about um, PropTech, um, I mentioned before that it, you know, it can be aligned with sustainable development goals, but one thing I think is very important in the construction phase of the real estate life cycle is that we don't put humans in harm's way if we don't have to. And if they are potentially at risk, we are using technology really creatively to help prevent some of the tragedies we know can happen in construction. Um, so, Cindy, I'm fascinated to know a little bit more about your Internet of Things technology. Can you tell us a little bit more what, what's involved in terms of the hardware and the software? Yeah, so um, we install a whole bunch of different sensors on those machinery to um, continuously monitor and collect uh, their key um, operational data. So uh, one typical example is the um, uh, the huge tower cranes that's normally used on a, a skyscraper, like high-rise building site. Uh, so we collect all things like the load weight, um, the height of the hook, um, the slowing angles, the wind speed, basically anything may cause a potential accident. Um, that involves a tower crane. And then we use like controllers um, to basically, one is to send uh, real-time alarms to the operator if something happens so they can manage their risks um, early. And then um, to control the crane movements um, so it can basically slow down or stop if it exits a threshold. 
Um, then at the same time, we collect all this data and um, send it out to our cloud-based remote monitoring application. Um, so through that, um, we can also send the alarm notification to anyone in the back house office or the managers. So they can do um, almost real-time communication and collaboration with their field operators. Um, then they can use this data to do root cause analysis to improve um, their operational safety in the future or to optimize their machine utilization. Um, so they can not only improve the uh, safety on site, but also potentially um, drive their bottom line as well. Mm. Fantastic, thank you. So can you share with us please some of the the positive feedback and engaging your and engagement you're getting? Um, I think the positive feedback is more around um, number one, they now have a visibility of um, what's happening on site from basically anywhere. Uh, initially, like industry automation uh, is not a new thing in the market, uh, but traditionally only the operator can see what's um, on the screen in the cabin. Um, anyone else won't have the visibility and they will have to wait um, for weeks or months to um, understand what has happened or if something happened, the investigation process uh, can be quite long. So with um, the real-time uh, data collection and uh, monitoring, we'll be able to um, have hands-on their site operation almost um, in real time. Mm. And are you finding some people just can't get their heads around using technology and they're very happy with doing things the old way? And how do you try and persuade them differently? Yeah, definitely. Um, because I think uh, IoT is... Uh, kind of new to this um, industry. So uh, to help them understand uh, like what real-time monitoring means or what remote monitoring means to their business um, is the key um, challenge for us. Um, so what we do is firstly to help them understand what really benefits um, either the major contractors or subcontractors, um, and how is that going to help them um, be compliant to mitigate risks, and then what's the uh, financial benefit as well. So it's all the customer awareness and education process. Mm. And what are you most looking forward to for the rest of the year and heading into next year in terms of building your market awareness, um, hosting uh, events, building partnerships and things of that nature? Um, yeah, so we are looking to um, host potentially an event between um, China and uh, Australia because we have a subsidiary uh, in China set up. Um, and um, the, in both countries, uh, construction is uh, key to their economy. Um, and there are a lot of commonalities in that sense as well. So we're looking to host a conference so we can get uh, some exchange between the um, uh, experience and knowledge in both countries. 
um, so we can learn from each other as advantage and technologies that have been used or adopted on a construction site. Um, and we're also looking to release our new product, um, a semi-autonomous or remote controlling uh, tower crane solutions in next few months. Um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. That's going to be an interesting one. And you've spoken about cranes. Are there other items of heavy machinery that you also think will be particularly suited for your solution? Uh, yes, um, we're looking uh, the cranes, one typical use case we have on a construction site, but also um, adopting our technology into like excavators, uh, wheel loaders, um, rollers. So anything, the large piece of equipment is on both a high-rise building site or a civil uh, construction site. Mm. Fantastic, Cindy. Cindy, thanks so much for telling us. Um, maybe just quickly, uh, before I go to Fiona, where does the name come from, Equiprise? Um, so initially the thought was um, we are technology because many used on construction equipment. We took the first couple of letters of equipment and hopefully we can equip them with uh, technology so they can rise on their construction sites. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks so much, Cindy. Now, Fiona Church is co-founder of Trendspec. Hi, Fiona. Let's come and have a bit of more of a chat about you and your business. Can you please tell us in a nutshell, what is Trendspec? Uh, give us the elevator pitch. Sure. Um, so Trendspec software um, significantly reduces the cost, the time and the risk involved in managing physical structures. And we do this by giving you exact 3D digital models so you can see the entire structure in lifelike detail. So you can remotely uh, manage entire asset portfolios uh, to complete inspections, to monitor, to plan and to report. Um, and you then have um, unparalleled levels of um, transparency and, and efficiency uh, that wasn't possible before. Wonderful. And so the 3D twins, how do the 3D twins get the images to build the 3D twin? Okay, so most of our um, 3D twins are captured by our drones. Um, so a drone will go up and say, do a scan of a building. Uh, it captures hundreds, um, sometimes thousands of photos. Uh, and that's processed uh, together through the process of photogrammetry uh, to produce the exact um, digital copy of that structure. Okay. So why can't I just use a satellite in the sky to take these photos? Yeah. Um, so you can you can use a satellite. Um, the only difference is the resolution. So when you need to do an engineering inspection or you need to see high levels of detail, um, you the a satellite just doesn't give you anywhere near that that level of information or detail. So our drone actually you know scans the the vertical surfaces, the, you know, the horizontal, um, and it's akin to someone looking with their naked eye. Um, so you, you just can't achieve that through um, satellite technology. Mm. 
So how did people so, who don't use your solution, how do they solve for this problem of assessing vertical surfaces for defects? So traditionally, um, especially when it's a large structure or it's a structure where you have, it's hard to access or you have to, you know, work at heights, um, that, that is the big challenge is that, you know, you have to send people to work in a dangerous, um, risky scenario. It's extremely expensive. It takes a long time. Um, and so by using a drone, all those challenges, you can complete that inspection in a fraction of the time and cost and you don't have any of those risks to human um, life that you do, um, sending people to do the same job. Um, so, yeah, traditionally people are still doing it in that way. Um, and the other problem is um, the data that you get from someone physically doing an inspection, um, it's not very comprehensive. Um, they might be making handwritten notes. Um, you know, they might give you a folder full of images and trying to make sense of that data um, is really hard. And especially sharing it with other people is, is very difficult. Um, often the records go missing. So keeping records of that property um, is just very, very challenging. And having a 3D model um, brings together all those elements. So you, you never lose track of the information. You've got a central source of data and you can easily share it around to contractors, um, team members, other stakeholders, um, and you've got the full picture right in front of you from, you know, you can access it from anywhere, anytime. Mm. Yeah, I love the aspect of what you're doing that we don't have to put human beings into rope harnesses and dangle them down the side of something from great height. And whilst they're dangling there, expect them to be holding a some kind of camera or mobile phone and, and making sketches and making notes. It just kind of seems a little bit crazy now that we're talking about it, that this is how we used to solve for that problem. But can you tell us, please, Fiona, what's the positive feedback you're getting in the market to your solution? And could you also please comment about the global, um, the global nature of the problem and your solution? Sure. Um, we, so the positive feedback we get, um, again, there is lots of different positive feedback, but probably the key ones are the quality of the models. So people are often really impressed um, at the quality that we can get um, often our resolution is less than one mil uh, per pixel. It's extremely high resolution. Um, and also the software is very easy to use. So anyone can use it. You don't need to download um, complicated clunky software and, and spend hours training on how to do it or be a technical person. Anyone from, from the boardroom to a, you know, a contractor can jump on and, and use the software without, you know, much training at all. Wonderful. Um, and so what's on Transpect's roadmap for the rest of the year going into next year? Um, so we've got quite a few things on the roadmap. Um, one of the, the key pieces is our AI piece, which um, we are developing uh, in-house at the moment. And so that will look at change detection and object detection. So as you do repeat captures, you start to be able to look at trends, um, trends over time and be able to, to look at predictive maintenance. Um, so we are developing AI that will, will automatically detect, say, a crack that's changed or corrosion that has um, developed or maybe like a missing tile. So it will be able to do that for you um, versus you actually having to you visually um, look at the changes. Um, and 
beyond that, there's a lot of integrations we're doing um, with other asset management software um, and integrating other data sources like thermal data um, and LIDAR data as well into the platform. Now, I just heard you talk about trends. Is that possibly where the trend in trend spec comes from? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is um, related to trends. So I think ultimately, you know, the idea is um, you do monitor trends over time. You can see how things evolve and change and you can start to get a real picture of, um, you, you know, how, how that um, evolution occurs. Uh, so using a, a drone to do it and the digital modelling, it's very easy to do that repeatedly and consistently over time. Thanks so much, Fiona. If anyone does have a question for Rachel, Cindy or Fiona, please do pop it into the chat. Um, just to continue the conversation while we see if any questions come through, Rachel, could you share a little bit with us, please, about your founder's journey? How did you, oh, you, sorry, a little bit more about what you shared before. You said you started off by solving your own problem, but how has it gone from, from there? How have you funded the business? And I know you have participated in an accelerator program called Real TechX. Could you share us a little bit um, about that, please? Mm. Yes. Um, so we started, uh, the idea was literally written down on an A3 piece of paper, which I still have with four lines of what we wanted to achieve to solve the problem that we we're experiencing. Um, and that was in 2016. And I think everybody on the panel would know, uh, with a lot of hard work, um, patience, um, sprinkled with a bit of resilience in there because nothing is easy, um, particularly when you're coming from a non-tech founder background. So, you know, I've come from the construction world where everything is quite tangible. Yeah, this has been my biggest challenge, I think, is going to a construction site and seeing, you know, the, the slab being poured, the walls going up, the services being run through. So it's very tangible. You can see it. Whereas with technology and the development of the tech, so much trust goes into, you know, your tech team. Um, and it's not always tangible to us who really only see and interact with the front end. And we all know that so much happens in the back end. So it's definitely been a challenge that I've really loved getting to know more about how, you know, the tech is built. Um, we have pretty much been self-funded. Um, we took some early angel investment at the beginning um, and from there, we've really raised um, our funding through revenue, government grants. Um, we've taken part in a number of different accelerators, which has really helped me um, build my own um, capacity as a, as a business owner. Um, and yes, RealTechX was one of those in my a few others um, and it's great to be part of you know an environment where you're surrounded by like-minded founders and founders of such fantastic um, experience um, and the ability to learn from their experiences as well has been you know one of the biggest takeaways from that program. Wonderful. And we should also say, Rachel, you're based in Adelaide in South Australia and uh, you're based in Stone and Chalk in South Australia. And Stone and Chalk are one of our foundation supporters of the PropTech Association of Australia. 
Mm, absolutely. It's a great place to face yourself again with like-minded founders um, who are going through the same challenges. Wonderful. Um, Sydney, now, Cindy, you're in Melbourne. Um, you're also in Stone and Chalk. Um, yep. Could you tell us a little bit, now? how did you, did you just wake up one day and say, I know what I want to do? You know, I want to be a prop tech founder in construction. How did that happen for you? No, so definitely not. Um, before I uh, started this, um, I was actually at Telstra, a big corporate, um, as a business technology consultant. Uh, it's a very different environment. So at that time, uh, my main focus was helping customers uh, develop their digital strategy, how do they transform their business uh, enabled by different sorts of uh, technologies um, and big data analytics. And then I think in 2018, um, I got into the IoT consulting um, uh, project. So that's when I really got uh, knowledge and experience uh, in Internet of Things. I got really interested because I thought, um, it could could be one of the, the foundation that can help customers to uh, digitally transform their physical business, especially with the tra traditional industry. Um, I think at that time, uh, there are quite few um, on the news, there are quite a few tower crane accidents um, in Melbourne. So, and I uh, have some family background. My, my dad um, has his own business almost 30 years uh, in this heavy machinery industry from focusing on safety, automation, but more into the hardware side. So we thought uh, by combining his deep domain and industry knowledge and experience with the emerging technology like cloud applications, big data, um, IoT, machine learning, AI, we can do something meaningful for this um, industry to help make it safer and more efficient. So that's how I started. Wonderful. Thank you. I'm always really curious to ask um, this question and have the answers. And Fiona, can you please tell us what did you do before Trendspec and how did you and your co-founders come up with the idea of solving for the problem you are solving for? Yeah. Um, so prior to uh, launching the software business Transpec, um, I was running a drone services business with my other two co-founders. Um, and we actually developed this software, I guess, in direct response to what our clients were asking for. Um, so we were pioneering using a drone to, you know, capture, say, a large warehouse roof at very high resolution um, and creating a 3D model. Um, but the problem was there was no actual software that we could deliver that to to the client um, with the features they actually wanted. Like they want to be able to, you know, tag a defect. They want to share it to someone. They want to be able to easily move it around it, um, make measurements. And because that didn't exist, we decided, okay, um, we'll actually build it. Um, so that's what sparked um, the development of Transpec to try and uh, deliver that you know, turnkey solution to our, our um, drone services business. Mm -hmm. And what did you do before you had the drone service business? Um, so before that, the, the three of us were actually commercial pilots. Um, so we had an aviation background um, and that, that really helped us in the beginning because in Australia, we were actually one of the first countries to regulate um, drone use. 
um, but the entire system for unmanned um, you know, aerial vehicles is based on the, the manned system. So they, they've taken a lot from, from that sector. And by being pilots, we already had a really good understanding of, of how that works. Um, we could get a license, you know, uh, more easily someone, someone off the street that didn't have that background or understanding. So um, that kind of led us to, you know, get involved in, uh, a drone business and um, my partner Derek he was also a very avid photographer so he brought in the photography um, videography um, knowledge as well to, to the business. Thank you so much well I think that probably brings us about up to time um, from my perspective this has been an absolute pleasure and it's I couldn't think of anything better to do early in the morning. Uh, and if you know me, you'll know I'm actually not a morning person, but I cannot think of anything better to do early in the morning than help three fantastic female founders who have some serious tech in their businesses, big data, internet of things, drones, 3D imagery. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure. I would love people on the call, if you'd like to stay up to date with us, what we're doing in Australia, Please follow us on LinkedIn. We have a page where PropTech Association Australia and we also have a website as well. So I think that's about it, Akanksha. Yeah, there was, uh, I think, you know, most questions have been answered, but um, Kylie did raise a question specifically for Fiona. And uh, I think in some shape or form we have answered, but she was asking if there's potential or role of our tech in converting existing traditional building stock and making buildings smarter by creating an easily updatable data stream for existing buildings. So, yes, well, that is the you know that is the majority of what we do is existing buildings. Um, okay. it, you can apply this to the construction progress or so do progress monitoring, you know, up, update the model for each stage and look at the trends. But yeah, predominantly this is applied to existing structures. Um, and then you can create like a baseline report. Okay. This is a condition at this set time. Um, and then if you capture over set intervals, you can start seeing trends. Um, you can use that data, you know, from everything from insurance, um, you know, supporting insurance claims to supporting the sale of the building by having that, that data available. Great. Thank you for that response. And one more question I do want to ask because we were having an interesting chat. Um, the question that Nikki raised, how big is the prop tech ecosystem? And Kylie responded saying, uh, the PropTech ecosystem in Australia is around 600 businesses and it has rapidly grown over the past five years. So this question isn't targeted at anyone. So feel free to answer whoever can. So my question is what, what happened in those five years? Like what are, what were some of the triggers that, you know, spurred that growth from like normal BAU to rapid? Like, were there any um, industry drivers, regulatory or government support for, you know, uh, startups that kind of, you know, accelerated that growth or were there some other factors? Oh, well, I might take that one. Look, I think even bef before the pandemic, actually, uh, retail was struggling in Australia. Um, and some aspects of industrial were, were okay and some aspects of industrial were struggling as well. And residential, um, uh, residential was booming until about 2017 and then our house prices started to dip. 
from 2017. So I think adversity is a great um, reason for a lot of people in business to look yeah. for things to do better. When house prices start to drop, people are like, oh, okay. Um, when your tenancy and, and um, uh, your occupancy rates start to drop, people start to look for ways to do it better. And then the pandemic just um, perpetuated that, um, particularly in the residential sales and listings and the office um, letting space. You know, physically people couldn't go and inspect property. So agents just had to find ways to do it differently. And so now what we're quite interested to see is how they continue with the innovations they had to adopt but they're continuing with them now because they just see they work better. No, great. That totally makes sense. Thank you so much for the response. Um, any other questions uh, from the audience? No? Well, great. Uh, Jennifer, we're happy to give um, everyone a few minutes back if that's the route you want to take. Um, sure, maybe we could just um, go back. Uh, Rachel, is there anything else you would like people to know about TC Pinpoint that you haven't already communicated? And what's the best way for people to get in touch with you or find out more about you from um, like LinkedIn or your website, for example? Oh, thank you for the op. I'm always available on LinkedIn. You can connect with me there, um, tcpinpoint.com, tcinspect.com.au is one of our sister products. Um, via PropTech Australia, it's always great to be able to connect and collaborate with a really great team um, over on the Eastern Seaboard. Um, yeah, we're on all of the socials, follow us. Uh, it'd be great to um, continue to connect and, and share our progress as we move forward. Wonderful, thank you. Cindy, is there anything that we haven't spoken of about Equiprise that you'd like to share and what's the best way for people to get in touch and follow you? Mm, yeah, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn as well. So um, yeah, that's probably the best place to keep connected. Um, and uh, yeah, we will keep up, everybody updated on our Equiprise journey. Uh, there are quite a few things lined up in the next couple of months. Great, and Fiona, is there anything we haven't already covered on Trendspec that you'd like to share? And what's the best way for people to get in touch and stay up to date? Yeah, um, I, I think the main thing is that, you know, often um, people have quite a few questions about, you know, how does this apply to their particular, you know, type of asset. Um, so the main message is just, you know, feel free to get in touch with us through yeah, LinkedIn, email um, or the website, and we can just talk you through how this works. Um, a lot of companies are setting up their own drone programs, so we can give you advice about how to successfully, you know, complete the capture if you have your own drone program and you can just upload directly to our software or if um, we can connect you to someone who can do the capture for you. So, yeah, just feel free to reach out with any questions. We'll talk you through it. Um, so, yeah, don't be shy. <laughs> well, um, 
I think, yeah, we can give everyone a few minutes back. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for your time. This was a wonderful, informative, and engaging uh, discussion at all at the same time. Uh, Fiona, Rachel, Cindy, special thanks to you. Jennifer, thank you so much for moderating this event. And, uh, you know, we really hope that we, uh, you know, be in touch, stay in touch, and talk to you all soon. Thank you so much, Akanksha, Rachel, Cindy, and Fiona.